MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, so Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I was combing through Michael Lombardi, of course, there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. Michael, you know, uh, the daily newsletter that we send out, first off, they do a great job with it Mm -hmm. and kind of just sets the plate for the betting day. But I was combing through it and. I watched the Billy Walters interview again. I want to men- mention everybody can go to vsin.com and you can check out the Billy Walters sit down with Brent Musburger. Uh, we've done a lot in six years here at vsin. That might be the pinnacle. That was pretty damn cool. Yeah, it was really good. And I thought Billy made some great points in the interview. Obviously, uh, when he talked about analytics and, and what he was saying, you know, the analytics that he's hearing today aren't what he's used to in terms of analytics and no one can argue with his success in terms of using numbers to, to validate what he wants his pick to be. So I thought that was fascinating. I thought that was really fascinating because I think we've lost a little bit of that. We're, you know, somebody who actually thinks that Brendan Stokely didn't make a bad decision all the time this whole year. That's not analytics. I mean, that's really not. You could say it is, and you can hide behind your pro football focus groups and say that's, you know, but it's really not. I mean, there were some really bad decisions he made. And, I, and I've said this, I wrote this uh, for the Daily Coach about Bill Parcells being on that team playing with his high school coach, Mickey Corcoran, when he said, you know, you had four or five moves you could have made in that game when they lost 21 to nothing, when Landetta didn't able to punt the ball, the wind was so bad, it, the, the ball dropped and he mispunted it. You know, you had four or five moves you could have made in that game. Well, Zach Taylor had four or five moves he could have made in that game. So did Sean McVay. He didn't make them either, but he got away with it. So I I think we're getting caught up in these analytics that I think we're using that term as if we have this this unbelievable, undeniable strength behind us. And I thought Walters really exposed it. Yeah, and it really just pointed out what we try to talk about all the time. We we all have innate biases, right? We're we're driven by our biases. So oftentimes the, the, the importance is to bet the number. And that's why we constantly talk about having multiple outs and getting the best of the number. What you'll notice with Billy Walters and a couple of pros that I know here in town is they're like, I can't name the the starting left guard, but I can tell you that this number doesn't make sense as compared to the market. So oftentimes that's what's so impressive about you is you have such an innate knowledge and just an overview of the NFL yet still win at a 60 plus percent clip because most of the time our biases will then be a detriment because confirmation and all that, but that's a, that's a detriment when we should really just be focusing on the numbers. 
Yeah, where I'm really bad, and, and I, I, I readily admit this, is predicting the, the, the gross upset, the one that you can't see coming, or the line that gets covered by a team that you don't think could cover. Example, Jacksonville-Indianapolis last game of the year. Never saw that. Tennessee-Houston, you know, last game of the year. Thought Houston would get blown out in that game. You know, and the number proved me wrong. And I think that's something I have to really work on is separating your football, watching the tape, and then handicapping the game. They're two different things. I think the Super Bowl was another example of it. Although I would say this, watching the tape, as we did on our show, we had really some great guests. And all the people that I, I think watched the tape, the Rich Gannons, the Phil Sims, the Charlie Weisses, they all concluded, look, the Rams should win this rather easily. As I did, and I'm not looking for moral support here, but I think when you just strictly watch the tape, you do miss something. You miss some of that handicapping and some of that ability to to kind of see what's going to be in play. And I think that's something I have to really work hard on. And I'll go through all my this offseason once I'm done with this book. I'm going to go because I've kept track every single week of my power rankings and where my numbers said to go. And I'm going to see how I can tweak it to become better. Keep refining the formula. There's the only way to do it. Focus you, on the You have to. Keep you have refining to. that and formula. Billy Walters is, and Billy Walters' interview, to me, gave me a spark of ideas. Because what I think he really was saying without saying it, because he didn't want to say anything that would lead people to knowing what he was doing, including picking the game. But I would say this. I, I, I would say he knows there's five or six indicators based on statistical data that determine the outcome of games. And that's in his algorithms. And once you figure that out, you, you're, you're not halfway home. You're not Bon Jovi, but you're getting closer. You just said it perfectly. If you watch the interview, initially you might be thinking, I don't know if he's saying anything. There's a lot of inferring going on. You can, the inferences from Walters during the sit-down with Brent Musburger, you can learn a lot in between the lines. It's, yeah, it's, it's, he's, he's not going to give it to you on this plate. It's like people... You know, there was used to be a ton of coaches that would go to Princeton and go into Jadwin Gym at, on Princeton's campus and start watching Petey Corral coach his Princeton offense. And they basically just wanted him to give him all the data. And Petey would say to him, look, fellas, I'll learn this and I'll help you. But I'm not going to teach you this. You've got to put some things into it. Read, but uh, study it yourself. I think that's what Billy Walters was doing. He was saying, look. I'm not going to not help somebody, but I'm not going to give you the recipes that I've worked my whole life to get. Why would you want that? you got to grind your way through it. And I think that's where there was a lot between the lines that he didn't say that he was really trying to say to you if you were being perceptive and also being divergent in thought. Got to go to vston.com. Those betting splits, when we talk about focusing on the lines, kind of watch the movement throughout the day and it'll start to build the picture for you. So I always just have it bookmarked, pull up the, pull up the numbers and the betting splits throughout the day. So you can go to vston.com, the interview Michael and I just discussed, the Michael Jordan of sports betting, Billy Walters, his second interview ever. The first was 11 years ago with, what, 60 minutes. And so he sat down with Vaccaro yeah. and, of course, Brent Musburger. You can go check it out, vston.com. And the daily newsletter, which I always talk about kind of setting the table for the betting day, it's free. You just put your email address in there. You too, I'd like to see... You and Billy sit down because he, he would probably pick your mind about a few things uh, front office wise. And you, you, you just have such an inquisitive mind. I would imagine there's a lot you'd like to ask him as well. You know, I, I think he has a formula 
and and he has statistics, and he, I think he wants to, and he knows bias, which is my bias, is going to only hinder him, not help him. And I think he doesn't play the the game of, well, they had a bad game last week. They're going to bounce back this week. Here's what – I don't think he plays that game. I think he's just doing it strictly on the number. Because the one time I was in his presence and someone – it was right before the Atlanta-Denver Super Bowl and someone asked him, they said, what do you think of the game? And he said, I think they – they and his exact quote, which never left my memory, they priced the game perfectly. Now, that's an interesting way to say it. Because they priced the game perfectly. He didn't see any advantage on the number based on how it was priced. But he did say, if you can get the under 53 and a half, I think that's a solid, I think that's a solid play. And literally, that game came down to Chris Chandler not converting the two-point play to, to keep the under in play. Well, he'll talk. And that's how it came yeah, down. That's a perfect, perfect example. Professionals like him that make a living doing this, they'll sit down and talk for an hour about a half-point movement, whether it be on the side or the total. But that just means so much to them as when, to, when you talk about plugging into that formula, plugging into that algorithm. When there's a movement like that of a half a point, if you can get this at 53, like you said, that's when they fire. They're not concerned about what talking heads say about the offensive line play. They're not concerned about any of that. They're looking at the number, and they're waiting to fire when they get their number based on their algorithm. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. That's right. It's all about deconstructing and reconstructing our biases, right? Betting right. is really just about not – just don't be your own enemy. And our biases are our right. own enemy. Or that confirmation is an enemy. Right. Right. And it's like poker. At one time, poker wasn't thought of as a, you know, it was a backroom game. It was like the poker clubs were kind of an underground thing. And then obviously it, it boomed. But poker isn't about, it's about decision making. It's really a skilled craft that you have to utilize your ability to figure out decisions without bias and then not letting your decisions get exposed to the people you're competing against. It's the same thing with sports betting. You've got to work a system in place to keep to eliminate your bias. That's what I, I constantly have to work on is my biases that have been ingrained in me based on all the years I've been in the league. And if I don't keep working at that, it's going to continue to make the same mistakes over and over. And I, and I think Walters understands that as much as anybody. And I think that's why he's so effective at doing it. The other thing I know is, it, and, I, and I love going to the Borgata early on Sunday, on Saturday and Sunday morning. And I'm around a lot of the guys who are, for lack of a better term, they're, they're house betters. I mean, they live at the Borgata because they're playing so much. And talking to them has enlightened me that they never look at line. They could care less about line. They, the only thing they care about is what the number is based on what they have. it. That's all they care about. And they care about the juice. They care about the tax on the money. Yeah. They're always trying to get a better tax deal. You know, <laughs> I remember Saturday, Sunday morning before the Super Bowl, you know, there was that Thomas was at four and I think at one, 110 and somebody was trying to get him to go to 105 on it. You know, they're always trying to get a little bit well, of that nickel makes a huge. So, if you, I mean, that, you just mentioned it. That's a nickel on the dollar. That's huge. Huge, especially if you're spending that's right. 200, 300,000 dollars, you know, right. so. But they never. But the other thing is, they never talk about the line movement. They never talk about who's reacting to the line movement. And the other thing they never talk about is if they win. If it never, they never brag. They never brag. Yeah. They always shrug their shoulders and say, oh, "Well, it was okay." Meanwhile, I'm happy because you know a couple times I've said, "Okay, what do you think about?" It? I'm happy that they won. They don't. They never, never, never give a glance. 
I've read so many books about investing. I'll just put it that way. And I, I'm going to give one right now to new betters, and I think you're going to agree. Annie Duke, thinking in bets, making smarter decisions no when you don't have all the facts, is one of the best when it just comes to we investing. we got to get her back on the show. we got to get her back on the show. I'm part of her group of the Decision Alliance that she's starting in Philadelphia because she's trying to get decision-making into classrooms. And she's asked me to go on her board, which I graciously have decided to do. And and we've got to get her back because her and her husband, Eric, both really uh, understand how important teaching young kids decision-making is going to benefit them in the future. And, and not allowing your bias to wreck you. That is really what she talks about in Thinking in Bets. It's Annie Duke. For those of you looking to invest, getting started in this racket, it's a wonderful place to start. Okay, tremendous. Again, vcin.com for all the information. We're going to come back with that quarterback conversation. Is it Winston or Wentz? That's next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Lombardi Line as we welcome you back here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And I'm going to tell you, what am I telling them? Oh, that, the f- podcast. So, this is by far the most asked question I get from friends and family is like, do you guys have podcasts? Yeah, literally every single show. You can stay up to date with our free VSIN podcast. Just go to vsin.com slash podcast. You can find the Lombardi Line wherever you download your podcast. But we have everything, whether it's beating the book with Gil. Uh, Market Insights with Josh, Hardwood Handicappers with JVT, Follow the Money. It's all there. Just go to vcin.com slash podcast. You see the Lombardi line as well. Who came up with that graphic? Did you? The Lombardi line graphic? What graphics? You you know, with the the X's and O's on the front of it. That wasn't you? No idea. Okay. No, no, I, I can't draw. I mean, I'd have to get Mikey and Leo and and uh, 
and, and Dino to draw. For, I can't draw. I mean, I was, I'll be drawing. I mean, they'll be back this week. Maybe they'll help me draw something. I have no idea. How's uh, Dominic? What's Dominic's take on moving to Los Angeles with, with the? Excuse me. I Las always Vegas? say that Las Vegas with the new offensive coordinator here in town. I, I, I don't think it's sunk in yet. I don't know if he realizes that he's going to be moving, but I'm sure you know. But I know this: that with the day he goes to kindergarten, somebody's going to be there escorting him in, and it's not only going to be his mother. I know that. So it doesn't matter where he's go; he's going to have a posse with him no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I should always mention when we do bring up Dominic, your your, your grandson, he is four, okay? <laughs> but he's, he's, he's soon he's to be five. Four. He's soon to be five going on 25. Now. Yeah, he, he just told his mother, his mother said to him, said, Dominic, eat your breakfast. She said, Mom, why don't you just worry about yourself? I'll take care of this. Hey, that's valid. You know, so sometimes, there we go. Sometimes yeah. you got to put moms in place. <laughs> so, yeah. so I brought this up. You, you go on yeah. a local D.C. show, and they need a quarterback there with the commanders. It's going to take a while. We'll get used to it. It's called the commanders now. Uh, so they were going through two in particular. Mortensen reported Wentz is going to get cut or traded before the third, what is right. it, the third day of the official year coming up, March, middle of March. When his contract gets guaranteed, right? When his contract goes for the full guarantee. And Winston is a free agent. So the debate they were having, and I'll give you the numbers in the futures <coughs> market for the Washington Commanders, but they were having a big debate whether it's Winston or Wentz. First off, I want to get your answer on that. Do you truly believe Indianapolis is going to move on? Well, I, I think, no, I, I think Indianapolis, if they were smart, and if Wentz was smart, I think they would go to Wentz and say, look, okay, you're due to make $15 million guaranteed, okay, and your roster bonus is $6 million, 6.2. I mean, we've got no problem paying you the $15 million guaranteed. That's not a problem. I mean, people are making way too much out of that. His, 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 his total compensation for the year is $22 million, okay? His total compensation is $22 million. That's it. That's a really low price for a quarterback. I mean, we've seen Taysom Hill. So what I think the, the Colts should do is say, look, we're not going to take away the $15 million. That's guaranteed. That's your base salary. But the $6.2, let's attach that to some incentives so that if you do become the starter and you are the guy, you know, then we'll go for, we'll let this go. And we'll, you know, and we can't remove the years, but maybe we'll void 23 and 24 and see where you go from there. Give and give and take. Like why just set him free until you know? Because I think 15 million isn't hard to guarantee. 45 million for Kirk Cousins is extremely hard to guarantee. Why the fallout? Uh, we understand what happened in Jacksonville. Overall, numbers, you know, touchdown interception. Overall, the numbers weren't terrible for Wentz. Why the yeah. fallout there? I, I think what we nicknamed him, Patrick, is we, the, 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 the Ricky Fowler of the, uh, you know, as soon as it became hard, he retreated. And some of those numbers that he accumulated were great, but they weren't really when the game mattered most. Two losses to Tennessee. You know, need him to make a play against the, need him to make a play against the Raiders. Probably shouldn't have played him in the Raider game. One thing I do know about Wentz, if he doesn't practice, he's not going to play good. So he didn't practice all week because he had COVID. He got to play. They might have beaten the Raiders if they played Ellinger. They might have. I don't know. I mean, it's easy for me to say now in February, you know, a month after it all happened. But he didn't play well. Missed guys wide open. And I think the more the season, the longer the season went on, I think it came to the realization where Frank Wright can't defend him anymore. Like, at some point, when are you going to stop doing dumb things with the football? When are you going to stop turning this ball over? When are you going to stop throwing it left-handed? 
Like, you know, one time we get it. But when you continue to do it, it's really because it's programmed in your mind. And we'll never fix it. So for me, you know, he does have an attractive contract. He does. You know, right. however, you got to figure a way to get around it. This is a team. They're sitting 28 to 1 as far as 57, Super Bowl 57 to win a championship. This is a team that's in win now mode. They're not going to go Sam Ellinger. I mean, come on. I know they like the intangibles. No, I, There's no way, I, Michael. I, I, they love Sam Ellinger, but they also have the caveat that we're not sure he can, he can do it. Look, Sam Ellinger's a lot like guys in the league that we see often. They go in there for a game and they play well. Case Keenum. You know, it goes in, plays well, wow, it looks really good. The longer they play because of their, their size and because of their lack of really power in their arm, the longer they play, they lose power in their lower body, and then they can't drive the ball. Right. And then their game starts to slip a little bit. This is what I think Ellinger would become. It's a little bit like, and this guy goes back too far for maybe some of the – like Ty Detmer. When he played in Philadelphia in the early – when Ray Rhodes was in Philly in 92, 93 – you know, what could come in there, feel good. Between him and Rodney Pete, they kind of managed the quarterback position. But once Detmer had to play more than five, more than eight or nine games in a row, all of a sudden his inability to be a big man showed up and he played smaller and that became effective. So uh, I think that's the same thing with Ellinger. That's what I see. That's why I think he's a backup. You know, go in, play a little bit, but then Spark. you can't play him all the yeah, time. Yeah, and he doesn't have a big yeah. arm. You know, it's interesting, the contrast, they actually cut the dude with the big arm in Jacob Eason and kept Ellinger yeah. because he has the intangibles. Now, two seasons in New Orleans, your betting favorite to start at 5-1 to one for the Saints is Jameis Winston. However, March 16th, he becomes a free agent. Thoughts on Winston? Well, I mean, you got to get the medical first, and then you, you got to feel like, can you fix this? The, the same problems that you see with him are the same problems that you that you kind of know with Winston, right? I mean, you know that he's always been prone to make mistakes with the football. And there's been evidence of it last year when you watched him play with the Saints. So I, I think you got to feel really comfortable with him. And I think if you're Washington and you've got a chance to get him on a deal that doesn't cost you a lot, that you put a lot of incentives, and you feel comfortable with his knee, maybe you go down that road. I, I, I think, to me, that road is still a scary road because I'm not convinced he's not going to not turn the ball over. That would bother me. Cut down on the turnovers with Peyton. Peyton's not there. When we get the uh, win totals that are posted, again, we don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be after the draft and after a free agency settles down and these quarterback decisions. I was talking to Vinny. Uh, again, it'll be interesting to see what the Saints number is set at. This, this, could, this year could be a disaster. I mean, seriously. I think it'll be, I think it'll be seven. If you want to guess, I think I, I would say seven if I were to set the I think the seven's number a good number. I was going to say seven and a half, but seven's a good number. I think they're going to make it so that, you know, it's going to be hard. You know, one thing we do know about the NFL is if you don't turn the ball over and you avoid losing, you can win a few games. I mean, look, the Houston Texans won four games last year. Think about that, Patrick. I mean, they won four games, you know. So, and, and David Coley is Winston, nodding in approval of what you just said right there. Unemployed, yeah, I mean, but not. But they didn't really, yeah, I mean, in fairness to Winston last year with Sean, you know, he threw 14 touchdown passes. He only had three interceptions, so he cut way back on that. He looked a lot better. And, you know, his percentage of completion is never going to be high. He's never going to be a guy that's great on third down. You're going to have the good supporting cast around him. But 
I think he would give them some hope in Washington. And I think he's grown up as a leader now that maybe if he took the next step, I would rather have him than Wentz because I do think Wentz will always be problematic when the game's on the line. And Winston, before the injury, 5-2 and two as a starter, 14 touchdowns, 3 picks. So, again, remember, the yeah. year before, he had thrown 30 picks. So, cleaned up the picks, yeah. which would we... It is workout. But, but every guy that plays for Bruce, except in his first year, throws yeah, way throws too many picks. picks. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, by the way, it's workout season, and it's post your video. Winston, I don't know what it is, but when he posts the workout videos, they make me smile. <laughs> Jameis does have... This galvanizing personality. He's, he's an odd dude, but you know, did you see the workout video he posted yesterday where he's back no, and forth? I didn't, back and but, forth? but I think he, I think people, I think the players like they him. They love Unlike Kyler Murray, they don't like him. You can tell they don't like Kyler Murray. I don't care what anybody says no. or any of that crap. I could tell the body language on players, and you could tell they don't like that guy. He's got to fix that. that he's got to fix. Nobody else is going to fix that. Winston, you get the sense. It's like Jimmy Garoppolo. You could tell they like Jimmy Garoppolo, even though they know Amal doesn't. They like Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> they, yeah. I don't know. Maybe the conversation within that locker room is what is Amal thinking? But at the same time, yeah, Jimmy. Oh, there's they, no doubt it is. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, that they may not call him Amal. They might call him, you know, that guy that lives on the strip, you know, that just comes yeah. downstairs yeah. and meets him. Yeah, they probably know that. He doesn't like him. Yeah. Um, yeah, Winston. Winston's fascinating. And also, the, the person we could tie with him, Mariota's fascinating at this point as well. I think can he, he could, stay healthy? We'll can, talk about that when we, okay, come, when back. we come back. I don't think he can stay. One hit, he's going to get broken in half. <laughs> Lombardi line here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Quarterback conversation continues, and Josh joins as well next. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, it's madness. Twenty-nine. This is crazy. Twenty-nine bucks. It was more last year. It's so hurry up because you can get everything we offer through April fourth, and you know what that is for only twenty-nine bucks, including the College Hoops betting guide, which is so important this year with a wide open field. Daily best bets, 24-7 video access. And those best bets, by the way, come to your email inbox. So if you don't feel like capping that day, we'll do the work for you. Also, as we mentioned, the betting splits and breakdowns on every single game, it's all there. vcin.com slash madness. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Meyer here in Vegas at the South Point. The beauty contest or the, the beauty pageant continues as the young How's it going anyway? Do we know who's winning? I was going to go and, and, and do some handicapping grab after a the dog. show. After the show, go grab, grab a, dog. a dog and go watch. <laughs> grab two dogs. If, you know, any kind you like. Put mustard on it, ketchup, you know. I'll send you the bill. Go over there and sit. No, I got it. I, I mean, uh, Vinny, go over there. Vinny will give you a slip. Do you use Venmo? No, I mean, I, I don't. I really don't. I really curious. don't do much of him. Do you use Venmo? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I'm just I curious. have the app on my phone. Yeah, I'm just because Berman sends me money. Berman sent, Berman uses it, so I have to have it. But then I got to transfer, and then I then I do you pay the transfer fee? You don't pay. I'm like, oh, okay. just give me, you know, like no big deal. Well, speaking of money, anyway. Josh has got the betting odds yeah. as far as the market on Aaron Rodgers. As we say hi to the new dog owner, how's Meadow doing, Josh Applebaum? 
<laughs> Patrick Michael, great to be with you. We survived night one, so uh, we made it through the night, although around 3 to 4 a.m., a lot of crying went on, so not much sleep for me. The under on sleep cash, the over. There's a big steam move, big reverse line move on the over four and a half accidents. That sailed way <laughs> over, guys. So we're doing okay. So far, so good, though. Well, I'll just say this. Market Insights is the pod. Josh, of course, betting across America. Josh just got a new dog, a beautiful golden lab. The first six months are legitimately rough so strap yourself in and then it gets much easier but when they're just sitting there crying and you don't know what to do you feel helpless you really do patrick and then you take them outside because uh, we're seeing this podcast like every hour take them outside nothing happens when you take them outside as soon as you come in poop and pee immediately you gotta love it <laughs> <Yes>. well, <laughs> that's hilarious all right so rogers next team odds why don't we start there we were just talking about the quarterbacks yeah, this is an interesting one, guys. So we're all thirsty for football. We're going to have to wait quite a bit here, six months. We do have the draft coming up here. But there's interesting prop market that is emerging right now. And the big one here for quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. So right now we have some updated numbers here. Uh, who will Aaron Rodgers play for in week one of next season? Green Bay is a minus 220 favorite. Denver is a plus 200, second best odds here. Then you have some longer shots, Pittsburgh plus 700, Miami, Las Vegas, uh, New Orleans plus 1800. But what's interesting, guys, is, you know, there have been moves here and behind the scenes a little bit with the Packers. And, Michael, I'll, I'll throw this to you in a second. But bringing back Tom Clements, uh, his quarterback coach, who he worked with early in his career, and he loves this guy. He's credited him with a ton of his development. To me, that's a move to bring Rodgers back, to make him happy. Even when Rodgers, you know, accepted that MVP, he was was pretty conciliatory, pretty nice to Green Bay, who you go back a year ago, and it was, it was nothing but kind of animosity between the two. Uh, and then also, um, you know, with the Denver, a little bit poking fun here, but he just broke up with his fiance Shailene Woodley, who is from Denver. So that was kind of your Denver connection. Who knows if that has any influence here? But Michael, at minus 220, does Rodgers come back? Does, is Clements a big reason to bring him back? Not a bad number if he plays for them. Well, I think it is the place he goes, and I've said this on the network forever, and I've said it on my podcast, that I think that what we we as NFL fans have to realize is the Packers still control his movement. Mm -hmm. They have to agree to a trade. He is not going to be an unrestricted free agent on March 15th, whatever date that is. He's just not going to be that. Now, can he demand a trade? Okay, maybe he can, but I don't know if he can – facilitate it like James Harden or Ben Simmons or one of these guys. I mean, the NBA and the NFL are not the same. So I think he plays, if he plays anywhere, he plays in Green Bay because that assures him that he's just going to be able to play with Devontae Adams because they got to franchise Devontae. They can't afford to just let Devontae Adams walk out of there. So I think they'll franchise him. They have Rodgers under contract. They've got plenty of money. They can spend, they can redo Rodgers' deal, lower his cap number, be able to give him a bunch of signing bonus, and then say, hey, look, based on doing this deal, we're going to franchise Devontae. We're going to try to get him signed. Here we go. As adamant as Michael is, that does feel like a short price to lay. What would you say, 225 You got to lay 225 to win a dollar there in Green Bay? Exactly, Patrick. Yeah, minus 220 minus That's 225 and again. It really isn't. And again, you look at these prop bets. I think the public mindset is, you know, give me, you know, Miami plus 1500. Let's cash this big bet and, you know, have a fantasy of him, you know, going to a different team. But really that minus 220, what if, you know, pretty quickly here, it's minus 400, minus 500, and then it's off the board. I'm with you, Patrick. That's a short number. And I would lay that money there, even though you're going to have to get tied up here for the next six months with your bankroll. Michael's just been I, adamant. I think with people. 
I think what people misunderstand is this, and, and a good friend of mine named Roger Martin, who used to be the head of business school up at the University of Toronto, wrote this really good article in the Harvard Business Review this month, where he used Aaron Rodgers as the centerpiece of his column. And he basically said, look, these star athletes of today, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, they're motivated by money to a degree, but what they're really motivated by inclusion. They want to feel a part of it. And this applies for any business whether you work on Wall Street, whether you work in the Silicon Valley, if you have top talent in your organization, they want to feel included. And if you don't include them, that's when they get very upset. And now that Green Bay is including Rodgers in their decision-making, even bringing Cobb back, who really, at the end of the day, Randall Cobb, that was not a good decision on their part. Fortunately, they got the Texans to pay a lot of it, but they did it to make Rodgers happy. Yeah, you nailed it. He wanted it. And so they include him in. And I think what what Rodgers saying in his article, which he's right, is the Packers are trying to include Rodgers and trying to facilitate that, which, as Josh pointed out, when he accepted the MVP award, there wasn't as much hostility. Look, the Packers know this. If they don't get him back, it's going to be a long, long uproad. It's going to be a hard path to take because they're not ready to play with Jordan Love, and they're not really going to be a great team if he's not on it, because he's been the MVP for two years in a row, in spite of the fact that many people think they have the best coach in the league. And your favorite to win the MVP next year for a three-peat. <laughs> By the way, how about page six apple bomb with the Shailene Woodley bomb <laughs> and angle? If you are going to be single and you're a starting quarterback in the NFL, why not go back to Green Bay? Yeah, that's what everybody says. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Steelers starting quarterback numbers. Josh, what do you got? Yeah, I'll throw this to Michael, too. This is another open market here. Who will take over for Big Ben after, you know, two decades here pretty much? He's gone. Who takes the first snap week one for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Interesting market. Right now you have kind of the holdovers. Dwayne Haskins is a slight favorite, plus 225. You have Kyle uh, or Mason Rudolph, uh, plus 250. So people who are on your roster already probably have the inside track. But, Michael, there's some interesting candidates. Do you trade for Jimmy G? He's plus 1,600. Uh, I'm kind of surprised here by Russell Wilson, plus 750. Do they make a move in a trade? Also, do you go draft? You know, Kenny Pickett, a lot of mocks have him as one of the first quarterbacks off the board. Pittsburgh's picking 20th. He's in their backyard with Pitt. There's a connection there. And then also Carson Wentz. Uh, there's a prop that I saw on Carson Wentz. Who will he play for next year? And Pittsburgh's the favorite at plus 350. So, Michael, any insight on what, what Pittsburgh will do? And if you don't have a name of a player, what do you think? In internal candidate, make a trade, or maybe in the draft? Well, I think Pittsburgh's going to be really smart at what they do. I think they're not going to force a quarterback. I mean, they've watched Pickett play. They've watched all these quarterbacks play. The Liberty kid, you know, they've watched, uh, you know, Ryder. They've watched everybody play. And so I, I think ultimately they're going to do what's in the best interest of the team, make their team better this year. I think there's no doubt. They've got to fix their offensive line. Matt Canada now actually, their new offensive coordinator last year, he actually get a chance to run his offense. You know, we don't know what that offense is. We know it will include a lot of tight end shuffle underpasses because that's what Matt likes to do. But the, the fact is we don't know because once Ben got back, he had a run. He had a run. Uh, the, the offense that Ben wanted or else it wasn't going to work. So I think to me, I look in-house. I think it'll be Rudolph. I really I don't see it being Haskins. Haskins no. doesn't do the things that I think that, that Mike Tomlin wants from his quarterback, which is lead the team and be the hardest-working guy on the team. One thing starting to crystallize as far as the draft, the first quarterback off the board is going to be Malik Willis. 
He, he that is the name, and Mike Lee, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the name. Kenny Pickett had some issues with the hand size, but Malik Willis down at the Senior Bowl really turned some people on. Huge arm, the kid from Liberty. So I, th I think he's going to be the first quarterback taken off the board there come the spring. Before we say goodbye to you, Josh, how about a college basketball play? 16 games across or 17 games across college hoops tonight. Let's go to the MAC. Ohio, Kent State. Kent State at home, open one, been bet up to one and a half. Yeah, you're totally right, Patrick. So a smaller than usual slate Fridays, you get a lot of these, you know, Ivy League games, Mac, WAC games. Uh, so there's only 16 on the board. But this one that really caught my eye because it's super lopsided and it looks kind of sharp toward Kent State. Ohio is 22 and four. Great record. Kent is 16 and nine. But this game opened Kent State, you know, laying a point, you know, point, point and a half, something like that even though you're getting almost 80% of bets on Ohio, who has the far better record. So public saying Ohio's 22 and four. Why are they laying a point? The odds makers got it wrong. The wrong team is favored. However, opening at one Kent state. Now they're up to one and a half. So it looks really fishy. Why is a 16 and nine team favored over a 22 and four team? And don't sleep on Kent state. They've won seven straight. This is a, re a revenge game for them. Keep an eye on this in college hoops. The second time around, they lost 80 to 72 back on January 7th. And also an injury here for Ohio. Maybe that's part of the move. Ohio's second leading scorer, second leading rebounder, kid named Carter. He might be out for this game. Give me Kent State on the money line, guys. The Bobcats have killed me this year. Let's go Kent State. Why not, Josh? Betting, of course, betting across America coming up. And in Market Insights is the pod, vsun.com slash podcast. Josh, get back to the dog. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, Thank you, guys. Josh. Okay, we continue. Lombardi line here on vsun, the sports betting network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM and the association doesn't get better. So customers can score big with an NBA offer in the All-Star game. Bet 25 bucks on NBA All-Stars and get $10 free on any other NBA wager. You can do it right now. Just go to BetMGM and authorize a gaming partner of the NBA. 
Get a piece of the NBA action all season long with the king of sportsbooks. Again, 25 bucks gets you 10 free immediately. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hope you're having a nice Friday. So we were just all discussing this. We just saw Des, by the way. Yes. Your boy Ken is out there ice fishing. He caught 20 fish. Uh, who? Seriously, I said, was he forced to go is ice in, fishing? Is he in one of those? He's cabins? in a shanty. He it's a shanty. Cab- it's not a cabin. It's a shanty. You, you, you don't. Sorry. Do you do you remember getting out there in the shanty? Uh, and- <laughs> no, I don't remember. I've seen the only way. I, the only the way I know this, I've seen grumpy old men, and I, they were in the shanty with Burgess Meredith eating bacon. That's the only thing I know of. Yeah. They listen to music out there. Drink I mean, beer. I don't understand it. Yeah. Drink beer. I would bourbon. I guess you gotta get something to keep you warm. I don't know. Yeah. You know. Can't, yeah, they, they can't get television out there. I mean, maybe get internet service out there. I, here's Why what not? I do know. I know Matt Santos isn't a big, big-time big ice fisherman because Ken caught 20 fish, and he said, did he keep catching the same fish over and over? <laughs> Which <laughs> doesn't even make sense. Anyway. What do you catch fluke out? What are you catching in that? What, what, what lake is he on? He's up in Utah. I don't know. Honestly. Here's what I do know. So remember last year yes. when I went to the Raiders practice, they had an open practice at Allegiant Stadium, and it was an opportunity to go check out the new building here in Vegas for the Raiders. And there were a couple players that popped, and the one right. that popped more than anybody to me, and I mean this, was Marcus Mariota during practice. I right. mean, just an absolute, like, you just forget. He does have a wonderful arm. He was, he's mm-hmm. so athletic. He's just 28 years old. And we were discussing him, so I want to let you run with this. He's going to be unrestricted yeah. once the new year opens. Mariota could potentially land a, land a starting spot here. Well, last year, you know, they, they thought they signed him to a two-year contract originally. Mike Mack and John Gruden signed him to a two-year contract originally, and they thought that could happen. And they kind of bandied his name all throughout the National Football League last year. And no one bit. And no one bit. And then he had to take a then he took a, a really a pay cut to stay with the Raiders. And this year I saw more emotion, more yes. competitive fiber when he scored the touchdown. I forget who the heck it was against. Maybe it was against the Chargers. It was against the Chargers in that playoff game. Maybe I don't know. I forget. There's so many games. But he I saw him actually demonstrate like he had some leadership skill, which has always been the concern of Mariota. You know, he had that can't miss label on him at the University of Oregon. I went to his pro day. I was still working with the Patriots, you know, and and the year before I was at the I was at the Browns and thought he was going to come out early in the draft, and and certainly would have been a great consideration. But you just never got the sense that his arm was going to be powerful. He's going to need it, need to really work on his lower body and strength. And then in Tennessee, he just couldn't stay healthy. Right. I mean, he really couldn't stay healthy. And then this year, what, the opening play of the game against Baltimore when they come in to try to do some wildcat with him, he gets hurt. So I, I do think there'll be some interest in him, there's no doubt, especially the West Coast people. All the West Coast coaches, I think, you know, Kevin O'Connell would have an interest in them. You know, all the teams that kind of like have, you know, they run the West Coast, they're looking for a quarterback, they're looking for a bridge. New Orleans, there could be another perfect example if they had cap room, obviously. You know, I think they would be inclined. Would Carolina, would Ben McAdoo run in his offense? Would he be more inclined? I could see that. I don't think they'll pay a lot. I think it'll be paid on the come, but I think I could see him certainly competing for a job. There's no doubt. Went on the road and won a playoff game. 25-year-old there in Kansas City. That was, I mean, again, you're taking a chance. It was him when I went to the practice, the two that stood out. Zay Jones and Mariota 
I'm telling you. And Zay Jones is fascinating. I mean, they ran him out of Buffalo. It was amazing how they just didn't really want him there. And everybody says he's a great kid, great person, and I guess he's grown up. And sometimes I think when you make these changes in your career, it, it certainly helps you. Uh, I mean, I'm shocked you didn't say Waller because when I watch Waller, oh, you know, and I'm not at the practice, I'm like, oh, my God, this, man, this is a unique, unique player. What you notice about him is aesthetically just a physical freak. He's huge, huge. Waller, I, that was a given. He he stood out, and and you know Derek Carr. To be fair, and we can transition into this conversation, but the Derek Carr conversation is like even in a practice, there was nobody more excited, there was nobody more rah rah. He he is what he is, and he had a pretty damn good year. No, I, I mean look, you can you can complain again about Carr. He doesn't do a y a b or c. But he probably does most of the alphabet pretty well. He might start with D and end up down at W because he does a lot of things really good. And he's hard to replace. And he's smart. He ran the whole offense at the line of scrimmage. I mean, it, it, you know, and, and that's a challenge. He got him in the protections. He did all those things. He had a lot on his plate. Gruden put a lot on his plate. And he responded. Now, did he make plays when he had to? Did he do some things that I think were like he can't do, which is throw the ball, just ground the ball on first and go with the nine? Yeah. But I think a lot of that is really about routine and practice, too. But I do think that, that he will really excel with McDaniels because he'll give McDaniels a chance to throw the ball outside the numbers. You know, for a team, the Raiders, for a team that spent so much, so many resources on skill, so many resources on skill. Their lack of skill is almost is so disappointing. Now, I know Ruggs had the problem, and, and I understand that, and he's not on the team anymore, and I know they signed it. You know, they had some situations. But their lack of skill, and, and Zay Jones is a free agent, so they got to get him signed. But they really don't have an outside receiver. I mean, Byron Evans is more of an inside guy, more of the Marquise Colston vein. You know, he's not a separator. He's a power guy. Hunter Renfro has to play inside. So where do they get their outside guy from? They don't have it. And for a team that spent so many draft picks and, you know, on, on these receivers and they spend money on Kenyon Drake, like how are we getting him on the field? You know, how do we get him on the field? Like, it made no sense, you know? So, for me, I think that's where Josh McDaniels is going to have to focus his team, see if he can get it turned around and find a way to uh, to fix it because I think it's going to be a challenge because as good as people think they are on, and skill, I don't think they were. And don't forget, there's a guy named Lombardi that's going to have a hand in it as well. You know, the car conversation, you know what that re reminds us? And, and Guleo is here. He's a Cowboys fan. It, this, this position is a finite resource. This quarterback position, there's 10 that do yeah. it really, really well. There's a, another five that do it good, it, like, meaning uh, a billion people on the planet, billions of people. This is a finite resource. So the question is, like, Dak, the conversation, what do you do if you move on? What do you do if you move on from Carr? There has to be an answer behind it. There's no answer. You're trapped. And what you don't want to be trapped in is what Dallas is with, with paying a guy that you have some questions about and you're paying him $42 million. When you give him all the pasta, it's hard for somebody else to eat. You know, and that's the problem. That's where the problem with Cleveland is. You know, yeah, it's easy to say Baker Mayfield's not worth $45 million a year. That's an easy conversation. But who are we going to get to play? And how can we keep our jobs while we find the next guy? Right. How are we going to do that? Right. 
You know, it's like Matt Rules in Carolina. He's tried. You know, he had. He gets there. He doesn't have a quarterback. You know, he goes through a bunch of guys. Next thing you know, he's got. You know, then he's got Darnold. That's not. You know, it all comes down to getting that position. People say, "How can we duplicate the the Bengals' success?" Well, the, get the first pick in the draft and get a really good quarterback. Yeah, That's how you duplicate special. their success. So, yeah, let them get beat up and still advance to the Super Bowl. That's because yeah, he's a I special mean, and, player. And, and again. You can say, well, you know, they got all the, look, the, the, that line ended up costing them because the, the kid never in that game. And I can't t- what play he got hit on, but he wasn't right in that game ever. The first fourth down, he misses the guy in the flat and that's not like him. So that that was a problem. But going back to the Raiders, I, I think they're not going to find a better player than Carr. No, they, they have to. So your boy O'Connell introduced there with the Vikings he said he's going to call plays, and also he said he yep. is anticipating Kirk Cousins remaining with the team through 2022. We continue the conversation. If not him, who? $45 million. Yeah, and yeah, he's owed that $45 million. Million. You know, Right. And this will be, I think, and for Kevin, he has to call. This is the first time he's ever going to call plays. Every place he's been before here, he's never called them. He's been, you know, he's in Washington. I mean, he's a good young coach, but I'm sure he's learned how to call plays. It'll be great for him to call plays. And how he manages the game, I think that's going to be critical. We don't know if he's going to be good. That's the thing. It's like he said, he's, he hasn't called it. McVay was completely obsessed with making sure he was the one calling plays. And before that, in Washington, I don't think he, was, he wasn't part of calling plays then. It's, it's fascinating. Nope. A lot of these guys that got hired, not a lot of experience. Down in Jacksonville, experience for Peterson. He just mentioned he's going to call plays. Who did they bring in? Press Taylor to be his OC? Yeah, Zach Taylor's brother, Press. So, you know, but he was with them in Philly, so they'll kind of collaborate on it and run. The interesting thing is what do they run in Jacksonville? They're going to be more RPOs like they were in Philly with, with, with Hertz at the end and, you know, a little bit when Nick Foles was there? Or are they going to go back to a more of a West Coast, some RPOs, but more West Coast? That's going to be fascinating to see. Are he and Lawrence a good mix? Be interesting. I don't know. Be interesting. they got to fix that line first. Absolutely. All right, Michael Lombardi, great job. We'll see you tomorrow morning. College basketball, NBA All-Star Weekend. Get up early with us on the Lombardi line. Coming up next, odds on. It's V-CIN, the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.